0: Welcome to Shass Illuminated. Please enjoy the following cheer. Welcome Shua Novograd and his precious daughter, Maddie. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> and <laughs> Shua and I share much, much in common. We both happen to like baseball a lot, softball. I was actually hoping, today they're doing football. I wish they were doing softball today. We'd get you on a, they have a softball league this year. You, with a home run fence. Oh, it's serious. Yeah, oh yeah, it's serious. But, um, <laughs> I, like, I like that in, in softball, I like the game of softball, baseball. I like the game of baseball that before the play, the real player, and Shua does this, the real players make calculations before the play. And I like when people know what's going on. If you're at shortstop, where are you standing? Where are you stand? Just simply, where are you standing? So it's first and second. So you play much further back, because the grounder to you, you're going to third. You could obviously cut much. <laughs> the further back you are, the more likely you'll be able to feel the ball. If there's nobody on base and you play too far back, you can't throw the guy out at first, even though Shu has a great arm, but even that, you have to know where I could stand that I'll be able to throw the guy out. These are all calculations you got to make before the play. So if it's first and second, first, to even know where I'm throwing the ball to. It's hit to me, am I throwing to second, am I throwing to first? If it's first and second and they're running on the pitch and it's up the middle, am I tossing to second? But you're thinking all this before the play. If you're an outfielder or a single, am I going home? Am I going to third? Am I hitting the cutoff, man? Before the play, you're chesh out. Where are you standing in the outfield? Where am I standing? If it's, if, it's, if it's no outs, I might play very close. I want to cut off the single. If it's two outs, I'm going to play very, very far back because a single big deal, it's two outs. They're not starting a big rally, but I, want, I don't want to give up a double or a triple. Just having a clue beforehand, knowing how many outs, where I'm going, what I'm doing. What about the runner? What about the runner? Yeah, he's <laughs> right. The runner also. All these okay. things, the, pre, the pre-play preparation is huge, is a huge inion of baseball the pre-play preparation may be more than any sport how many outs what am I and I could watch the guys who did not plan before the play they had clueless the ball's hit to the outfielder he had time baseball's a slow moving sport you had time before it was hit the guy clearly just fires where were you throwing on a single i like all this and i like the players who you could tell before have had before, because this is the truth of the successful people in life, that they have a plan that they thought out before. It happens not to be a minor Indian of Shavuos. The very day of Shavuos is called the weeks. It's not weeks, it's a far from weeks, Shavuos. Okay, this year it's a couple, <laughs> an extra, a Shabbos and two days, but it's far from weeks. It's one lonely day, Shavuos. Yet it's called weeks, shvuaiz, because the day is called after the hachana the preparation for the day. He who prepares wins. He who prepares. It bothers me. A guy, I drive to yeshiva in the morning, I try, it doesn't always work according to plan. But you try to have a plan for your day, what I would like to do. Any bacher walks to yeshiva, walks from the dorm to yeshiva. Plan out. What do I want to get? You're so much more likely to succeed. You know, what do I want to do today? Then you plan out and you go get it done. You plan what you wanted to do. Come with a plan. One day you're going to have a Shabbos with your family. What was your plan? Come with a plan. Now, the art of then adjusting. You might have had a plan you have to adjust on the fly. Have a plan and come with the plan. Mach any Mussar Yeshiva is all about machshava the plan. If anybody the, the safer of the yeshiva, one of the great Svarim of this yeshiva and any musa Yeshiva is the Messiah And Zehirus is a life of plan that I thought out what I want to do, how it's going to look, what I'm going to do. I've been thinking a lot about Chrus. We're going to be Zayichet together for a Shabbos and two days Yamtiv in my mind are you also adjust but I have like thoughts: how it's gonna look, how we could do this, what's our plan? Have a plan always in your life. So me and Shua Nobiger, I like the game of baseball. It separates in baseball if you don't if you don't plan pre-snap, please pre-play you're like, you're lost. You don't know the game. It bothers me a lot when guys don't know how many outs there are. Like, mm-hmm. Always, bef- and there's so many nafkaminas, how many outs, there? I don't know how you're playing if you don't know how many outs. Where you stand, it matters how many outs. So of course, you chesh one out, there's two outs. Any player knows these things. We it's l- l- All different aspects of where you're shading. By the way, if the pitcher's throwing it very, very fast, a righty hitter is going to hit it where if the pitch is thrown very fast? He's less likely to pull it. He's going to hit it more to right or up the middle if the very hard pitches. so then it's hard to pull the ball because you don't get around on it. But you're watching what's happening, so you might shade a little to the middle. When a guy's not watching, not cheshmaning, not noticing, he's never in the right positions. He's not, he's not where he's supposed to be. I just, these, the aspect of baseball of preparing pre-pitch is something that's a truism for all of life. And successful people prepare pre-pitch and unsuccessful people enter events as if like they didn't expect this. By the way, a guy goes home, a guy goes home, ben things are predictable at home. It bothers me that the guy doesn't think through his reaction. You knew that was going to happen. You knew your mom says that and it frustrates you. Visualize how you're going to react right. Visualize. See it. Watch how you're going to react. Successful players. Anybody who plays baseball well knows what I'm talking about. You, I see myself. Where, I know when I'm thrown. Before the guy hit it. I know when it comes in. There's no surprises. I know what I'm going to do. When you're going home... The guy should visualize that thing that annoyed him and what he's going to respond. Now again, it doesn't always go according to plan, but come with a plan. That is the way to live life successfully. Come with the plan, visualize before as best as possible. The Messiah Sharm calls this the category called Zehirus. Zehirus is pre-play. There's something called Zrizus. Zrizus is how you show up during the game. Zrizos is how you show up during the play. Zheiros is how well do you do pre-play. There's always during the play itself, you have to show up. But there's always before, what was your thoughts? What was your plans? What did you want to be? What direction do you want to go? Plan it out. If a guy on the bus, guys talk about the bus rides home. The guy in the bus, it doesn't take a few minutes to visualize, hey, I'm going home. Hey, this happens. Hey, th-. And he visualizes how he wants his his champion response, his best response. He's not practicing Zahiris, and he doesn't do that. So certainly that's on an Haga that we can learn very much from baseball. So really what I want to... He just makes me sure, makes me think about a good soul. He is the best shortstop we've ever had in Yeshiva, but a lot of other quality. So welcome home, Shoha. Thank you. <laughs> Could we sing Mamlachas Koyhan in drum, bro? Shoha's an expert drummer. For those that don't know, is a superior drummer. <laughs> Remember that <you> piece? I had, I had the opportunity, However, last night, I had a beautiful opportunity. Somebody sent me from Eretz Yisrael. It's amazing the things you get. A beautiful Yiddin Eretz Yisrael heard that I like the Ger, the famous Ger Tzedek, his yard site is on the second day Shvos Rabbi Avram ben Avram, the very famous Ger Tzedek, he was a Polish prince, he was very, very high, in the in, in the in the in the world and he became a Ger. He became a phenomenal Tzaddik, and they ultimately killed him for becoming a yid. He was killed and he was killed on the second day Shavuz. His yard sites on Shavuos, And last night I had the Zchus before they killed him, they he asked they said you could have three requests. And he asked three requests before he was killed, the Ger Tzaddik. The Grah, famously, the Grah offered to save him. The Gra offered to save the Ger that with, with, with some shemais, with using Hashem's name and causing them to be saved. And fascinatingly, he didn't want that. These are high people, and I don't know their cheshbonus. I don't know how that works, what to use. The Ger that did not feel that was appropriate. And he went to his death. This is a true story. This is wild. He was going to his death from where his prison cell was to the square that they killed him. Now, the, the killing, people were there at the killing. One of the most famous and was there when the Ger Tzedek was killed on the second day Shavuos was the Yisoyed B'Shayr What's this? The Yisoyed B'Shayr HaShoah one of the greats. And he was known for his year of Shemayim. And he said on himself that all the year Shemayim that he had came. He said on himself that his of Shemayim, his awareness of Hashem, he lived the life of awareness of Hashem. And he said, Ariel, he said that the awareness, Ophir, he said his awareness of Hashem, Ophir, came because he was there when the Geret said that was killed. And he heard the bracha. He made two brachas. He made a shechayanu, believe it or not, which is wild. Shecheyanu. He felt to make a shecheyanu that he was zeiched to give his life for Hashem. He made a bracha on Kiddush Shemaim. He was Hashem Shemaim. He died because he acknowledged Hashem, and the say Misharish Avodah said a main to both brachas. You can imagine the k'tusha, the holiness of those two brachas, and he said that his that his Yir Shemayim for his life was came from those two brachas that he heard from the from the ger Tzedek. That's what that's what the yisoid Shah said. He said if there would have been a minion of yidden there when he was killed, Mashiach would have come right away. He said the yitzharu would have been killed. He said that today you and I have less yitzharu. A certain amount of the Eitzaharu was vanquished. I don't know what this means. There are lachis that changed. A certain amount of the Eitzaharu was killed when the Geret Tzedek made those two brachas. Now, part of his final request, he asked to make two brachas. He asked to say Shema. And fascinatingly, he asked to sing a song. He asked the Geret Tzedek before he was killed, Said, and they granted him the request. And in front of mostly goyim, he sang a song that Anachnu we bnei were the people of your covenant, bnei Avram, and the sons of Yitzchak who was shechted on the mizbeach. Which obviously he said as he was being led to be shechted on his mizbeach. And he sang the song. You now I never knew the song till last night. I I once had said on a shear that I don't know the song. So last night, a beautiful Yid from Eretz Yisrael sent me the song and I listened last night. Very touching. I should have brought it to the Chavra today. I listened to the song. We reportedly know the exact song that he sang. I listened to it last night. Very, I have to play it for Johnny and the Chavra. A beautiful song that, that this Garrett Tzedek on the second day is sang. He asked that before they kill him, he wants to sing a song. And he sang the cheerful, happy song that we are B'nai Avram, B'nai Yitzchak, we're B'nai B'ri we're the ones who have a closeness to Hashem. And he wanted to sing that song before he passed on, remarkably. I was Zaycha last night for the first time in my life to listen to the song that reportedly, I don't know if they can prove it, reportedly that's the tune that the Ger Tzedek sang on the second day shua's before he was killed. That was supposedly the song. An amazing story happened. He, he the gra people were looking, he was being led through the streets to the to to his um to his to the place, the square where they were killing him, and he passed by the base Medrash of the gru, and they let the gru have a quick conversation with the Gerard Sedek before he was killed. And the gru said to him that I see you're walking very slowly from your jail to the place you're being killed and you're obviously walking slowly to extend life. It makes sense. So if you walk slowly, it will take 15 minutes. If you walk fast, it will take 12. You'll live in extra three minutes. And the gru told him that you should go fast. And he said, I have a raya. And you should go fast because rizim akdim lamitzvahs. Your pasha should go with a certain enthusiasm. This is like, he says that Rabbi, and he brought a medrash that Hashem said, Maishu Rabbeinu should go up the Har. And when he gets up the Har, he's going to be nifter. misas Neshika. Hashem's going to take his soul. And it says that Maishu was kafats. He jumped up and went fast. And the Grah asked, why do he go fast? Go slow. Go slowly. When he gets to the Har, he's going to be nifter. And the Grah said that since Maishu Rabbeinu was commanded by Hashem to go up the Har, it was a mitzvah to go up the Har. Hashem was mitzavah. And he wanted to do the mitzvah with enthusiasm, so the Gura instructed the Ger Tzedek to go with the to go with to go with the umph that you're about to do a mitzvah of Kiddush The ultimate, you should walk with an umph to your mitzvah, which is obviously hard for us to comprehend. Very hard to comprehend, but. The, this story of the, of the Ger Tzedek is the second day Shavuos. It's actually the second day Shavuos. It fascinates me because we all know that we read the story of Rus, of the great Giyaris Rus, who Mashiach comes from her, and this great Ger Tzedek, this righteous Ger, was Nifter on Shavuos as well. On Shavuos, all, all of us became Gerim. With Kabbalah Satira, we all, Chlal Yisrael, became like a Ger." Like a Pasha, a new person, we became the Am HaShem. So we became Geirim. We read about Rus, and the fa- most, one of the most famous Geirim in history, the Ger Tzedek, was Nifter, was Mekad Hashem on the second day Shavuos. I, um, I want to share with the Hevra, I want to share two things today <laughs> with the guys. I want to first share my theory why we read Megillas Rus on Shavuos. It's very mysterious. We read Megillas Rus, the story of Rus on Shavuos, and it's so mysterious that we read Megillas Rus on Shavuos. What's Shaykhaz to Shavuos? Shavuos, the time of Kabbalah satyra. And metamol, this strange phenomenon, we read the Megilas Rus on Shavuos. Davud says two reasons, each reason like adds to the mystery it doesn't resolve the mystery reason number one he says is Rus showed up when she came from Mayav to the Jewish community with her mother-in-law, Naomi. she shows up, the quick story the quick, the brief story just so people know the story is Naomi and Elimelech two great, great yidin. There's starvation, there's hunger in Klai Yisrael. It was very difficult times in Klai Yisrael. And Elimelech was very wealthy and a huge Sadik in Tamut Chacham. And he was one of the leaders of, 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 of Jewry, of the yidin. And he left during this, fam- during this famish, during this famine, he books out and he goes to the plains of Mayev with his wife and two sons and goes there, Pasha, to escape the difficult times that were in Eretz Yisrael. He was punished for abandoning the Jewish people, and he was punished, he was Nifter, and both his sons were Nifter. While there, his sons married two Mayavi girls, two Mayavi girls who converted to Yiddishkeit, and both his sons, a Mayavi male cannot convert, a female can, and they married Rus and Arpa, two of his sons and his two sons and Elimelech all three nifter as a punishment for abandoning Klai throughout at the time of need so now who survived is Naomi Elimelech's wife and her two in laws survived her, she says I'm going back to Yisrael. she left the rich famous lady she goes back to Yisrael completely impoverished she has nothing left and she com- tries to convince her two daughter-in-laws, they both were princesses. She tries to convince them, you come from wealth, you come from royalty, go back to where you come from. And Arpa leaves and goes back, and Rus comes along with Nami. and she comes to Eretz Yisrael, back to Eretz Yisrael. When they arrived in Eretz Yisrael, it was Shavuos time, it was the Zman HaKatzir. So one of the reasons that Avudraham says we read the story is this zman HaKatzir. It was harvest time. It was Shavuos time. Yeah, like, in, like it seems a funny detail. Well, they showed up Shavuos time. I hear, I hear. Funny detail. A reason to read it Shavuos. It is true. She was megayer. She's the most famous kiyaris and klayisal Shavuos agerim. Also, like a funny funny tsushto. That's the two reasons Davudraham says we read it. I want to share another reason why we read Megillah Rus. I want I want everybody to hear this. It, I don't say this is the answer. I say the question makes me think about this. The question why in the world are we reading Megillas Rus Shwa's time. So I wanna offer Zach the following theory. Why would we read McGill S. Rushmore this time? If you I want the guys to grow up a little bit. This morning it's 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 Erev Shabbos. We're gonna all mature a little bit. In a very Daniel, in a very unsophisticated way, true, but it's 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 missing a lot of the story. In a very unsophisticated way, you say, Ross gave it all up for Yiddishkeit. What did she give up? She was a princess. She's a wealthy princess, so she has money. Money, wealth. She's a princess, fame. She's a princess. And to follow her mother-in-law back to the Jewish people, she gave it all up. She comes to Eretz in one of the most... In one of, the, like, a, I'm a very visual learner. The scene gives me the goosebumps. This lady of royalty, Rus, who's a princess, who's wealthy, who's famous, who has it all, she gives it all up and follows Naomi, your mother-in-law, back to the Jewish nation to live as a Jew. And when she gets there, she's penniless. She's picking leket in the field. You know who picks Leket? You ever were by a borough park Stiebel and a guy's coming around asking for a quarter? She's picking Leket. Leket is when a farmer brings the grains in, if he drops one or two pieces, he's not allowed to pick it up. And the honey, if he drops three pieces together, then the honey can't touch it. But if there's one or two pieces, Ross is in the field. This lady who'd been a princess, the lady who had been wealthy, who had it all, is in the field of a Yid and she's on the floor looking. Oh, there's one grain. Pick it up. Oh, there's three together. No. Oh, two. That I can. She's on the floor picking up Leket. The contrast, the Mesir as of giving it all up for Yiddishkeit is Rus in that field picking Leket. Picture the scene. She's in Almana. She's missing her husband. She's an Almana. She's a giyayres. She's a foreigner. She doesn't belong. She's a giyayres. The ultimate outsider. And she's poor. So it's the scene of she who gave it all up for Yiddishkeit. But that's a very superficial... It's a true view, but it's very superficial. That was a, young, a view you had when you were a little boy. You were a little boy. She used to be... The guy should put phones where you practice. Wednesday, Thursday, there won't be phones in the whole yeshiva, not a phone on campus to be seen. So practice now Wednesday, Thursday, this coming week. So we have to practice. There won't be a phone in yeshiva, out. Everybody's putting away their phones Wednesday, Thursday. Dorm counts, the rebellion, no phones allowed, no phones to be seen. Wednesday, Thursday, the whole day, 48 hours. There'll be a big party. There'll be a carnival Wednesday. Everything's going to be word of mouth. (laughs) There'll be a carnival Wednesday, there'll be parties Thursday. You'll sing Dailumul Yetzi, but let's practice. Anyway. Kitszer. The kids are at So a very young, a young man's view. A young man's view. We told don't act surprised, we told you about this. A young man's view. A young person's view of this. Is she once was rich, yeah. and now she's living poor. She once was a princess, and now she's a geiris. I'd like to get more sophisticated. I want us all, let's be Zelman like Let's be Yehuda Zelman like yeah. So I want to do like this. Kevra, please listen to this. Yeah. Kevra, listen like this. When, you, when we say she was a princess... When we say, Ophir, when we say she was a princess, don't picture, please don't just picture, whoa, she once had fame, she was rich, she could buy cool things, and now she gave it up. We're not talking shallow. A princess is a deep, Myla is a deep and profound good thing. It's not a shallow thing. Whoa, she once had the life of the rich and famous. I'm never impressed. I want to say this: people say, you know, a guy became a Balchuba. He once had it all and he gave it up. That's not the story. It's not the story. The life of the rich and that's worth so what? So what? So what? There's just now guys were following like this famous tri- trial. Of two people who are literally have emotional, mental, like a tragedy of people. The story's not when people have emotional drinking problems, drugs, abuse. Whoa, and they gave it all up and got a life of meaning. That's not the story. That's superficial. Please understand that royalty is a myla. She was a princess. You know what a princess is? 36 times in the tyrant says be nice to the ger. I want you to hear this, everybody. I never apologize that the guys are the coolest guys in the world. It's good to be cool. It's a gift. It's valuable to be cool. A princess is the person who's comfortable. A princess is royalty. She's the hostess of the nation. She's the one everybody looks. Whoa, you represent us. We're in your world, Kilu, Royalty, Malchus. Malchus is a tremendous opportunity. David Melech was Zeiche, and Shmuelus is forever connected to Malchus. He was David Melech Yisroel. Don't ever underestimate a Melech's a big deal. We live in a country I, for unfortunately, people think you could bash the President. Malchus is a big deal he 's the host of our country. He decides, he leads, he makes people comfortable. he uplifts the downtrodden it 's a tremendous madregor Malchus. When we say Russ gave up Malchus, we're not talking about the life of the rich and famous. She didn't give up anything. We're talking about tremendous things she gave up. She was the host of a country to becoming a Giyarist. I had, in my life, I was Zoycher when I was a youngster. I was a good athlete. I was a good ball player. And when you're a good ball player, you're on the basketball court, you're the man and I shifted in my life. As I got older, I played for many years in Heller, and if 10 guys on the court, I was like the ninth or 10th best guy. And it's very fascinating to see different perspectives. When you're on the court and you're the guy, you're playing, the the offense runs through you to like, uh uh-oh, when you shoot, the other guys all tense up, like, no. (laughs) And it's very interesting to see both angles. Rus had a day, don't look at it superficially, Yaqibah. Rus had a day she was malchus. She didn't give up nothingness. She gave up something precious. Malchus is precious. Royalty counts. You yeah, much more sophisticated? She once was rich. We're not riches. You know, Rebbe was machabit, rich people. Richness is very precious. Richness is the one who can take care of people. Ashirus is a very big deal. It's not nothing. It's a gift from Hashem. It means the person who can care it says somebody becomes an ani, is chash of kemes, like a dead person. You can't provide for others. Ashirus is a profound gift of being the one who can provide and take care of. Malchus is somebody who can take care of people. Those are profound gifts. Now you're getting something much different. This is not a story of Rus gave up superficial things. She gave up profound things. She was the she was Malchus of, of Mayev. She was a, she was a princess in Mayev. She was wealthy in Mayev. She's picking leket in the fields. She gave up something very profound. It's not the whole status you're living as a poor ani of kemes. you like died. There was a day you were the provider, you were the hostess. She's no longer a hostess, she's a stranger. She's no longer the provider, she's being provided for. In a profound way, she sacrificed spiritual and deep and profound gifts. It's a different story, my friends. It's a different... We've grown up this morning, perhaps. We've grown up. The story's not of superficial things. The media wrote about it. Not the pomp and the fair of being a princess. We're not talking about shallowness, that oh my goodness, the whole world looked at her, she was a star. I'm not talking about stupid things. We don't look at stupid things that she gave up anything. I'm talking about profound Milas. A princess is a huge Mila, you're the hostess. You're the one who provides comfort and security to people. That's huge. You were wealthy. It's huge to be wealthy. You're the provider. Hashem put the money by you to support others. That's huge. All of a sudden, she's impoverished. All of a sudden, from a princess to a giyarist, from the ultimate insider to an outsider. That's the picture of Rus gave up. Now watch this. Now, watch this, ever. Here's where it moves me to tremendous amounts. What is the end? What's the story of Rus, Rabbi I Say? What's the story of Rus? The story and the end of Rus is Shloima Melech, David Amelech's son, Shloima Melech who built the base Hamikdash. Shloima Melech who built the base Amigdash. He's sitting on the throne. Sleima Melech has a gorgeous throne, a throne that kings for generations try to duplicate. Nobody else could sit on. It was one of the most awesome thrones in the history of kings. And Sleima Melech sat on his throne, who was sitting next to Sleima Melech on her throne? You walked into the palace of Shleim HaMelech and you saw one of the most elaborate thrones in the history of kings. Who was sitting next to him? What did it look like? Is Rus, Ima Shel Malchus. She's called the mother of the king, the matriarch, the mother of Malchus. And perched on her throne, on the most glorious throne in history, perched right there was Rus, Ima Shel Malchus. She sat there on her throne. And what moves me, the, the end of the story is she's she's collecting leket. Eventually, the gadol adar marries her. Is is by her? His name was Bayaz, an incredible tzaddik who, who had been in Almain. He was a, a, he was he had lost his wife, and he ends up she was in Almanah. the ultimate shiruch. And the gadol adar marries the outsider, the gadol adar Boyaz marries Rus and David Amelech comes from them. David HaMelech, her great, their great-grandchild was David Amelech, Ima Shal Malchus. And ultimately she sits on the throne of royalty, Rus. Ultimately she's considered Ima Shel Malchus, the mother of Malchus is considered Rus. And what I want to say to everybody here, this story is not an aberration. Now view the story. This is an incredible story. The lady who appears to give it all up for a life of Torah, a life of service of Hashem, she gives up Malchus, Asherus, for a life of service of Hashem. And what's her end? Malchus and Asherus. And her end is Torah Gdullah B'Makay Mechur, shall Malchus on her throne. I don't think the story's an aberration, and I'm fascinated that we read the story every year, Shavuz. And I want to say as follows. All of us, all of us have this in a subtle way. I'm sorry to watch youngsters think: should I be maqab allah Should I accept the life of Torah? We all have this in our life, it's usually more subtle. I'm Zayche, we're Zoyche here in Yeshiva to watch many youngsters decide. There's a lot in the world. And they decide, should I be Ola Olatar? Should I become a Ben Torah? Should I become a person who follows the Torah, who lives the Torah? And the sense of any person being ol Torah is, I'm going to give it all up. I'm going to give it all up. One of our guys went to Yisro and a Yid said to him something that like, up me a lot of anguish, but I want to discuss it. He said to the guy, this Bachar who went was a massive musician, and he said, "I hope one day you break your guitar." So they told him that made me cringe. Hope one day you break your guitar, and I always felt this Yid would have told King David, David Amelech, "I hope one day you break your harp." That would have been pretty tragic. David Amelech's harp did a lot for our nation. And I want to say what that man meant to say. He meant to say that I hope you could put down your guitar for a few minutes. Because the story of Rus appears to give up everything that's precious and dear. Malchus, Ashirus, things that are actually valuable, actually count, actually important qualities. She puts it down for the life of Torah. And ultimately she picks it up and and has the the extreme of Malchus and the extreme of Ashiras. I was very moved, the other Shabbos and Yeshiva, I was extremely moved that a singer came to Yeshiva and he described becoming a ger and he described putting down music. And he was serving Hashem. He told us he was praying from six to eight hours a day. Incredible evad Hashem we got to experience. And then he did a lot of thinking and decided that Hashem wants him to sing. And today he's singing, encouraging, uplifting people. And it moved me a lot that after the person's mekabal, the olatair, and there's definitely the sense that I'm letting go. Because, and it's a truth I'm letting go because the life of Ola Torah, being Mikabal, the yoke of Torah says, I'm going to ask, what does Hashem want from me? I'm going to ask, what does the Torah say? I want to say in my house, any topic under the sun that we discuss, the only question is, is what does the Torah say? My father always says, bring, taraya, bring a proof from the Torah. There's no topic that's out of the realm of Torah, nothing. Any debate you have, a group of guys are in the dorms fighting over something. What does the Torah say about this? You might know, you might not know. Research. There's no topic that exists in this world that the Torah doesn't weigh in on. Zero. And the Yid being the Kabbalah Torah says, I want to know, what does the Torah say about this? My wife, my wife worked amongst Guyim for many years. And the thing that she had a group of ga'ym she worked very closely with. What they were amazed and they couldn't comprehend. They would say it to her. What they were amazed is like this: I'm going to tell you a question they asked and what they really were asking. On food, they know that Rachel doesn't eat not kosher food. They said, Rachel, do you ever cheat? Do you ever cheat on it on the food? I want to explain the question. What do they kid? Do you ever cheat? No, they weren't, and, and I promise they were asking something deep. Avia, what they were really asking is, How are you so one with your Torah We get religion. I also go to church Sundays. I also, I may even fast at a certain time. But that you're so bound, you and Torah Tara and you, we can't separate it. It's so profoundly you. Tyrus is not a religion. It's not a certain deed, a certain action, or even a certain thought. It dominates. How do I think about anything? What's my thoughts on this? Let me check what the Tyrus says. What's my thought on this topic? That? What does the Tyrus say? They're raging debates in society: gun control or no gun control. You have to. Ask, so two guys in the dorm screaming at each other. Second Amendment. What does the Tyrus say about gun control? You have to study the Torah. The Torah speaks on every topic under the sun. The Torah directs and guides. And the acceptor of Torah learns Torah, studies Torah, (laughs) gains the attitudes and all the attitudes of what the Torah wants from a person. And the Yid's deep and profound connection to Torah, that he's so one with it, mystifies the guide. There's not anything we've seen before. This is not religious actions. this is a deep and relationship that it becomes you. It's so cool. the name we call somebody who shtags, we say he's a Ben Tyra. Ben you know the word Ben Tyra means the Tyra gave birth to him. He's a son of Tyra. He's a Ben Tyra. The Tyra gave birth to this guy. He's born from her. It's his mother, it's his father. It's a Ben Tyra. Rav Hirsch says that the very word Torah comes from the Hebrew word harab, which means to conceive, to give birth to. The very word Torah means it gives birth. Who does it give birth to? It conceives the Ben Torah, the learner and liver of Torah. And I want to say, in, in in becoming in that in watching people dis- struggle with that decision, there's a sense: Am I giving up me? <laughs> what about my skills? What about my talents? And to ever say this safer, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask what does it want? And the ultimate discovery that Kikarve Lecha Davra Maid. Rus lays it all down. She puts down her her crown. She puts down her ashiras and follows a life of Tyre. and ultimately she picks up her crown. Ultimately, she picks up her Ashiras. That the Tyrus Kikarve Lech Adaver Ma'ed. It actually brings a person with, to, to himself, to all his mindless, and brings out. There's a line of a Gemara in Kedushin that I appreciate a lot, and it underscores this line. It calls Torah a fascinating name. I would never think to call Tyra this, except the Gemara Kedushin does it. Of all the names we call, names are very, very important. The name of something describes its essence. The Gemara Bracha says, Shema Garam. I used to have a hobby when a guy left yeshiva to sue this prayer that I would try to talk about him through his name. And to show how his name like, describes him and, 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 and his character traits, I like doing that. It's obvious you could do it because the Gemara says, Shema Garam. The name of something is the essence of the thing. And parents get a Ruach HaKadosh. They name their child. Hashem puts in them a Ruach HaKadosh that they sense this child, who he is and what he's about. But a name is profoundly... the Yes? That's a Ruach HaKadosh. The parents must sense. That's a, it's fascinating. It's a good question. We should never name after, but that's part of what Hashem puts in our mind. The name of a person. And a name is very, very, very powerful. And the name of what something's called is very instructive. And here, Shmuel, here that it's called, here that what Torah is called is very, very important. So we have to know what the word Torah itself means, that we have Hersh and Adipshat and what Torah means. But there's another name for Torah. And the Gemara Kedushin says, Barasi Yetzarah Barasi Torah Tavlin. It calls Tyra a tavlin. What's tavlin? What's a tavlin? So some people translate as an antidote, as a tavlin, like a medicine. As a the real the, the translation I know in Shas of tavlin, the translation is what Morty spice. Did. Who said that? Morty, Morty good fry. So good Marta. Spice. A tavlin are spices. Isn't that fascinating? Tyra Tavlin, Tyra the spice. why would you call it the spice? What's the purpose of a spice, Rabbi say? It brings out the flavor of something. A spice brings out the flavor that's in something. I saw a man claim that nobody re- a man was writing a book on dieting and he says, "I'll prove to you nobody really likes meat because you never eat it without spices. He says that meat, he holds that meat's not meant to eat. He says animals who are carnivorous, who eat meat, he said the stronger animals, when they attack an animal, the stronger ones get the vegetables, they're inside the stomach, and the weak ones have to eat the meat. That's what he claims. This writer, he's saying he has a whole diet plan. He says God doesn't want us to eat meat. He's a zero meat guy. This fellow, this particular, his raya is so crumb. He's, my raya is nobody would eat meat without spices. You all, so he's saying you don't really like meat. Now he's wrong. He's wrong because if you know anything about spices, do you know anybody who eats plain spices? The word of spices, it has the koyach to take out the flavor. I'll tell you a cooking. I'm a shtickle cook, Rabbi say. When I have time, I like cooking for Shabbos kiddush. I'll tell you a trick. If you're, ever, if you're ever sauteing onions, before you saute onions, put on salt and let it stay in salt, it brings out a sweetness out of the onion. Now, the salt is not sweet, but the onion has in it sweetness. You put on a little salt, and it draws out a sweet. You get a sweet flavor from the onion. And anybody who knows about spices, it brings out the flavor that's within. And what does it say about Tyra? Tyra Tavlin? Tyra is a spice. The remarkable thing about the Kabbalah Satira, the person who commits the Torah, is the senses I'm laying down, but what happens to all my talents, all my things that I have? And the story of Rus moves me profoundly. She puts down her guitar, her ashiras, her wealth, her, 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 she's a, she's a tsar, she's a princess, becomes a yid and picks them up all in a massively beautiful way. And Tyra is called the spice because it doesn't neglect the person, it actually directs and takes all the different parts of a person and directs it to the right way. There's a beautiful pasuk about Tyra, Tyra's Hashem Tamima. What does it mean it's Tamima? Taurus Hashem, Tamima. Tamima means whole. The reason it's called Tamima is there are medicines, there are things you take that are good for one aspect, but it hurts another aspect of you. You could take a certain medicine, but it has horrible side effects. It might hurt your stomach, it might hurt another aspect. But okay, Manas, I need to take this medicine. Taras Hashem, Mima is that it's good for the entirety of the person. Meshivas nafsh; it completely satiates the person. It's mesha the Nefesh. Every aspect of the person is, is utilized in the life of service of Hashem. I said today that we're going to learn Avarabah. I want to learn one line in Avraba. Shavuos is coming, Shavuos morning, and... We're gonna say Avarabah, we have to time the davening to leave a lot of time to say Avara in this beautiful prayer Tashem. And we say Tashem, Avinu Malkeinu, our father, our king, Bavur Because our fathers trusted you, Batilamde Chaim, you taught them to Chaneinu, please have mercy on us. Please find Chain, find favor us, and teach us Torah as well. So we said the reason our fathers were Zoichar Torah is because they trusted. It takes faith. What's the faith of the learner of Torah? It's tremendous faith to say, I lay down my skills. I lay down who I am, and I'm a to what the Torah tells me. There's a certain fear of any person. Where will it take me? What will I look like in the end? Will it even be me? I'm starting this process. So what does that mean to let go and say what does the Torah want? What does Hashem want? What's going to emerge? What am I going to look like in the end? And anybody who's honest who really lets go, an amazing letting go. That's what Lima Torah is. You're saying, I'm really going to ask, what does the Torah say about, it? what do you mean? That's a tremendous letting go to learn, Torah. Fen- an overwhelming letting go. And the great faith of the Avais is that Hashem gave me a Torah. It's going to be true to me. It's going to be a Tavlin. It's going to bring out all that's precious in me. It's not going to negate or neglect me. It's going to be a Tavlin. It's going to bring out in precious ways all that's in me. And since the Avais trust in Hashem, so you taught them Torah. And we pray Tashem, ta and this prayer came to Chanenu. Please find favor in us, and teach us, Taylor. It's a beautiful song, You're right? He's right. Don't be shy, Johnny, let's go. Johnny, let's go. Let's go, we'll all do it together, Menachem. Avirah, <tries> avirah, Yeah. Oh. I'll ask Rabbi, so I want to ask Yosef and Yankiv, Yosef Kasper and Yaakov Khan, if we can prepare one song of Bishvus Simchas Yantiv a mitzvah of Simchas Yantiv. If we heard Yosef and Yaakov by Yisuda, do a beautiful song. I thought that would be a tremendous Simchas Yantiv. I'm going to ask Dobi to prepare Drasha, the Simchas Yantiv we heard. I, we um, thank you. I, we will begin Beis Hashem right after Shavuos. Is going to begin Siyum season. Now there will be B'ez Hashem some Siyumim that will be taking place. A few Siyum that will be taking place from after Shavuos to the end of the year. I wanted the hours late, so we won't have time now. I do want to learn with the chaver what the Hadron, some of the words of the Hadron, the precious Hadron that the Messiah are going to say, but we'll have time. Maybe over Shavuos we will have time to do the Hadron. I'm going to ask Reb Chaim Tzvi also, Reb Chaim Tzvi to prepare a drasha for the Chavrusa. Mask him. Yeah, they'll ask him. You'll get involved. More work, more sleep, choose hmm? something. <laughs> it's interesting. We have one mitzvah d'arais on Shavuos. Might say Shabbos Sunday on that first day of Shavuos. That's the d'arais day, and then we have Sunday night, Monday. The rabbanon Rav Chastam added on a second day for us. In that in that period, we have one mitzvah to do is Simcha. We have a lot of beautiful menhagim, and we have mitzvahs that we do all year round, but the mitzvah da that's towards that day is a celebration. So I'm looking forward together that we can create two days, and coming in from a Shabbos is wonderful, that we can create Bezer Hashem, a period of tremendous simcha satarev, a simcha that's a mitzvah da I quoted before the Yisayi V'shayr that He says, and he is an instructor on how to serve Hashem, that Shavuos has a higher level of Simcha than Pesach and Sukkot. The Yisayi V'shayr Shavveidah says about Shavuos, I'm looking forward with the Chavr, that together we can create a tremendous days of not just, of course, learning Torah, but a celebration of Torah. So that is the game plan ahead of us, to create days that celebrate a lifestyle and a life of Torah, so, looking forward. I go- you have been listening to a shear from shasilluminated.org. For other shear on many topics, or to hear an Eon shear on any Dauphin shas, including Myron McComas on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 312 shas, that's two oh three three one two seven four two seven, or email